Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett and folks, it's finally here. Long, drawn out offseason is finally over. Week one of the NFL season is finally upon us, and I'm so excited. I cannot control myself. My emotions are high. I I just want to go crazy because the NFL is finally here. Really, America's sport is finally back. We have 18 weeks plus the playoffs of football action right around the corner. And to celebrate that, we're going to give our season predictions for the San Francisco 49ers and also dive into their week one opponent, the Chicago Bears, and talk about how and why San Francisco should end up a winner in week one. But to start today's show, I kind of have a gripe. I have a complaint because the Niners, (laughs) the Niners, like always, uh, caught headlines and again made the fan base, well, they lose their mind. And really, what's new? They've been doing it for six, seven months, really two whole years now. But the Niners named their captains for the 2022 season. And I'm going to list them off for you. There's only six of them. They had seven last year, six this year. And I want you to tell me which names are missing. George Kittle, Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, and Fred Warner. Now, I named six players. Which names to you were missing that were not named captains? The first one's probably Kyle Juszczyk, right? Been here for a long time. Been attached to Kyle Shanahan since he got here in San Francisco. Was his first big free agent signing, really? Didn't make it. Debo Samuel was eighth in the voting amongst his peers, He also was not a captain. But the biggest one, the one that many folks decided to lose their collective minds about, and the one person that we've been talking about for, it seems like, an eternity, uh, that being Trey Lance, was not named a captain for this year's squad. And so, I want to kind of give you a survey, okay? Do you know there are only two teams in the NFL whose quarterback is not a captain, who has no captains in the quarterback position. Well, one is San Francisco. The other, and I'll give you three seconds here, who is the other team? One, two, three. You have your answer? The Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith, (laughs) Drew Locke, That's the only other quarterback room that doesn't have a captain in it. Now, I want to give my take real quick here because I don't know if you're someone who is angry about this of you need to have a quarterback that's a captain. Your quarterback should always wear the C. And I understand both sides of the argument here, right? 
One side is the quarterback is your most important position. You have a young guy in Trey Lance who you said has the mental ability to be or is far and away mentally prepared for this job, right? What he may lack on the field, he makes up for in the mental things. The coaching, the learning, the ability to process things. Like, that's what they have been telling us. Like, Trey's a great kid. He can handle this, right? But then you look at it and you say, so he's not capable of being a captain? But he has all the capabilities of of a captain? That's weird. Then you add in the point where there was only seven... Excuse me, there were, there were six captains this year, but seven named last year. Why was somebody left off the list? Now, my point of view is that, well, one, I grew up in an area and a place and time where you had to earn everything, right? Now, there are certain privileges everybody has, and you have to work for it, though, right? Like, people are born into money, whatever it may be. I was told... If you want that trophy, if you want that status, you want that job, you want that degree, you want that whatever it might be, you have to put in the work and earn that. And I'm of the motto of that Trey Lance is on his way to earning the captain status, but one year in the system, now going into his second year, his first full season or hopefully full season as a starter He has not earned the title of captain. When I played baseball, I was not given captain as a freshman. I had to prove myself to the team, to my peers. I also wasn't given it my sophomore year. I also wasn't given it my junior year. There were people ahead of me that were more respected, maybe better players, had been there longer. Trey Lance, like anybody, like a freshman in college or a freshman in high school, whatever it might be, He essentially is at the bottom of the totem pole of being named captain. Now, if this was the 2017 49ers of it's Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's first season, they picked their quarterback, and there really is nobody else on this roster, you know, worth anything, right? George Kittle's first year, Pierre Garçon's a receiver, Joe Staley's still here. So, like, there would be a handful of guys you could pick, but if Trey Lance wasn't a captain in 2017 or on that team, I would complain more. To me, this is a non-story. You have to earn the right to be a captain. This isn't an indictment on him or he's not good enough. He was one one position behind being a captain. Now, there could be a gripe of why Shanahan wouldn't carry seven. They were seven last year, but even if that was the case and they carried seven captains or named seven captains, Trey Lance, to me, isn't even in the top ten of earning the captain name. Debo, Juszczyk, Traverius Ward. There are plenty of other guys, right? Mike McGlinchey, you can think what you want, but he's been here for four years. He knows the system. Debo Samuel. Like, there are other people. Robbie Gold, there are other people here that that deserve that title more than Trey Lance. And to me, the fact that he was seven, the fact that he, well, he missed it by a handful of votes, to me is a good sign. There's respect from his peers of he should be a captain. He's winning the room over. And he's done what he could enough to that point to be a captain. 
now it's his job to say, hey, come week eight, come week nine, come week ten, we're going in the right direction. This doesn't mean they can't name him a captain later. This could just be Shanahan saying, look, you earned it in the quarterback room, the study room, the film room. Earn it on the field. That's To me, that's all this is. This is not a story. It's not an indictment on Trey Lance. This is not them trying to say, oh my goodness, they're, they're not buying in. Oh my God, that's why Jimmy Garoppolo is still here. That's not what this is. This is just them saying, you've earned it to a point of being so close to having that title. Now go do it on the field. And once that happens, he'll be a captain next year. He'll be a captain in 2024 and 2025, and nobody will care. No one will look back and go, remember that one time Trey Lance wasn't named a captain in his second year and first year as a starter? No one's going to care. No one's going to care. So let's move on to what are the expectations for the season? If Trey Lance ain't a captain, well, what are the expectations then, right? Now look... The Niners, and this is tough because the NFC is at an interesting point. The Cowboys are kind of, they could be okay. The head coaching problem. Is Dak going to be Dak again? How's the offensive line look? There are questions in the NFC East. How's Carson Wentz going to look in Washington? The Eagles bought a bunch of pieces. A.J. Brown's there. Jalen Hurts is there. They have a bunch of guys. Then it's like, the Giants suck. So it's like, you can go through each division and say the, the, the Packers could take a step back because they have no receivers. They have a good defense, but no receivers. And Minnesota could be on the come up, at least from surpassing Green Bay in the north. In the south is the Buccaneers and maybe the Saints because their defense is so good. Then it's the west. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you San Francisco is going to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, it's immature. It's not, it's not even, it's not even week one yet. We haven't even seen this team play one complete game against an actual opponent worth mentioning or in a game that actually matters, right? And so I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to go to the championship game and all that stuff. What I'm going to tell you is, is that the Niners roster is top five in in, in the NFL, if not top three. That right there should, 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 excuse me, I can't speak, should secure you a spot in the playoffs, bar none, no doubt about it. Okay, so we have in our head, they've already made the playoffs. Now the question becomes, okay, look, with that said, where do you finish in the division? What is your seeding? Now, the Rams are a really good team. The Cardinals... They have their issues. Is Kaiser calling plays? Is Cliff Kingsbury calling plays? We don't know. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is out for seven weeks, eight weeks. We don't know what's going to happen there. Is Kyler going to get hurt and his shoulder going to be an issue? Like there, there are definitely questions and concerns in the NFC West that don't even have to do with San Francisco or Trey Lance, for that matter. I do not believe San Francisco is going to win this division. That being said, I think they finish 10-7. and seven. And I do think they are the first wildcard team just simply because 
their strength of schedule was actually a little easier, right? Russell Wilson is no longer in Seattle. That's a big help. They don't even travel. The furthest they travel to end the season is to Las Vegas, to Arizona. Like, while those games are tough, you have to play the Cardinals twice, the Rams again, the Raiders, I think the the the, the, the Buccaneers. Like, there are some tough games in there, but for the Sixer at home, and you're only going to Las Vegas and Arizona. That's a good time to rest up, pay your dues, pay your bills, you know, take some time off, and figure things out, right? Like, the end of the season for them is not East Coast, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast. It's an easier schedule, not based on opponent, but based on traveling. And traveling is one of the worst things about the NFL, right? One week you're in Chicago, the next week you're at home against Seattle. Then you're back against Denver, then you're at home against the Rams. Then you're out in Atlanta, then Carolina, then you're back home against the Chiefs. They don't have to do that. There is no ping-ponging around the country figuring out where they're going to go, right? So, really, and they go to Mexico City for a game late in the year. I mean, and they have a bye week. It's not like their end-of-the-year schedule is pretty nice for San Francisco, at least. So, I think they finish 10-7. and I think this team comes out a winner. I think they're the fifth seed in the NFC. I just think the Rams are too good. They're too good. Sean McVay's still there. Now, my one question hinges, and no pun intended, on Matthew Stafford's shoulder. Is that thing going to hold up? I don't know. Because we were hearing arm fatigue. Could Garoppolo be a ram because Stafford can't hold up? I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. The only thing we do know is the Rams are a pretty good team. They added pieces. Allen Robinson, who's hurt a little bit. Bobby Wagner's now a linebacker there. They've gotten better. Like The offensive line isn't what it used to be, but they've still got a better defense than they had last year. The weapons are arguably better for Matthew Stafford. Cam Akers is healthy for a full season. There's reasons to believe the Rams, and I hate to say it, are the best team in the NFC West. That being said, uh, San Francisco is making the playoffs. They're going to be 10-7, and and they're going to be right there on their tail the entire season. And it's not a championship or bust year for San Francisco. That's an asinine comment to make. And it's even an asinine thing to believe. This team does not have to be championship or bust. That level is way too high. Expectations are way too high. It's just dumb to think that. Because when you do that to your team, like the Cowboys every year, this year's our mirror, man. We're going to the Super Bowl. Yeehaw, dude. And Dallas Cowboys. Like... No, you're not. And when you have... There's nothing wrong to believe in your team. There's nothing wrong to believe in Trey Lance. What's wrong is to think you're going to win every single year. You're not Tom Brady and the Patriots. And I can guarantee you, even those fans in Boston, they weren't believing that until he won three in a row. They weren't like, Hey, man, we're going to go down there. We're going to go ahead and beat the, the Carolina Panthers. That wasn't the Boston accent, and I apologize, but <laughs> you get my point. Like, they're not, like, they weren't thinking we're a dynasty after the first year. They weren't thinking we're a dynasty after Brady's rookie season. They were like, oh, we'll see what happens. We hope. You can have all the hope in the world, but you gotta wait to see.
that's the thing. And I'm going to wait to see what this team, my expectation is playoff team, being the hunt for the division all year. You might fall short. Lance will have those blimps here and there. Guys will get hurt. It's football. Now, a lot of these things could happen to the Rams or the Cardinals or whoever else is out there, but strictly focusing on San Francisco, I just don't believe right now that the Niners are better than the Rams. They could beat them twice, and it's really one of these things where they beat us last year when it mattered most, right? It sucked, it hurt, but it is what it is. It happened. San Francisco, Trey Lance, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, all these guys who have really beat up on the Rams. Kyle Shanahan's record is a crazy against Los Angeles. Is that tide going to flip? I don't know. I don't know. But that being said, it's up to them to prove to me they can beat the Rams when it matters most. And until then, I can't put them over them. Could it happen? I hope it does. And if it does, I'm going to be standing there cheering on my couch saying, let's go, and be out there on the street yelling and screaming and pumping my fist like a Jersey Shore, you know, Paulie D, whatever his name was, and going crazy. But that being said, I I just can't put that out there and say, we're going to the Super Bowl. I can't do it. Yeah, is it yay area? Yeah, is it Trey area? Sure, but playoffs, yeah, that's the expectation. Now, if they don't do it, will I be mad? Yeah, but I'll understand it. So playoffs, 10 and 7, it's a good place to be. And we're almost 18 minutes into this podcast. And I finally have gotten to the one thing I really wanted to talk about. It's week one, baby! Niners, Bears, I was back, I'm so happy. Okay, let's dive into this game. And if you couldn't tell, I'm very excited. (laughs) So I just love football. You love football. Thank you for listening. By the way, you want to save some money, use promo code 49ERSACCESS. 49ERSACCESS. Save some money. Go watch your Niners against the Bears. Against Seattle at home week two. Save some money to support this team. So let's dive into week one against the Chicago Bears. And the first thing first that I saw, and it scared me, was that, look, we know Jimmy Ward on IR out four weeks with the hamstring injury. But now some news came out today, that being Wednesday, August 7th, that George Kittle, Kittle over the middle, may not be available on Sunday against the Bears. Apparently on Monday, he suffered a groin injury. And his status is uncertain for Sunday. Now I'm sitting there saying, well, wait a minute. And my reaction on Twitter was a very all caps, excuse me? Excuse me? What do you mean George Kittle can't play or potentially can't play on Sunday? How did you muck that up, right? You had one job, not get hurt. No contact. Just go out there and stretch. You really can't hurt your groin stretching. Like, I'm out there like pressing 600 plus pounds a week, and I ain't pulling my groin. And again, yeah, I, I know I'm not George Kittle. I'm not a buff Superman like the tight end is. I get it. But I'm just saying, I'm out there lifting plates, and I ain't pulling stuff. George Kittle, man, you let me down. But my point is, the impact that could have 
on Trey Lance. Now, I think me and you could agree that a tight end like George Kittle is usually a young quarterback's safety blanket. And while I would lean maybe a little more towards Brandon Ayuk, having George Kittle, who was Trey Lance's second favorite target in training camp, and I think has shown to be his second favorite target, or at least one he leans more towards, even in his experience against the Cardinals, which Kittle didn't play, but against the Texans late last year, I mean, he was not afraid to sling it towards Kittle. And so... When I heard that, I said, okay, how does this affect the game plan? Because I don't trust Ross Dwelly. I don't trust Tyler Croft, who I do think is a good receiver. And while I do think Charlie Warner and Trey Lance may have some chemistry, I mean, it ain't George Kittle. <laughs> like, you're replacing an all-pro, Pro Bowl tight end with guys who are unproven. That level of drop off, you like that's a big deal, and so I wonder. And do I think Kittle will play? I do, but if that groin's an issue, maybe Shanahan says, "Look, don't play. It's week one. We can handle Chicago." That being said, when you have safeties like Jaquan Brisker, you have corners like Jalen Johnson. Like the Bears' secondary is young. A little inexperienced, but they're good. It's a good, fine, secondary, young, unproven, but good. And so, for a guy like Trey Lance, having Kittle absent, that's a big deal. Knowing that I have Debo and I have Ayuk, and that should be enough for other guys. But to lose one of the, if not the best, tight end receiving target in the NFL... To not have that in your first big game as a starter, all eyes on you. You know every mistake he makes, that camera's going to jolt back and cut away to Jimmy Garoppolo with the hat on, sitting there with no helmet on, looking looking on on the field saying, oh, maybe they shouldn't have got rid of Jimmy, kind of thing. And Or there's going to be an extreme, an extreme amount of pressure on Trey Lance. And, And not having George Kittle out there to a certain extent, puts him at a disadvantage. And that's not what you want to be at in your first big game. And if you're the Bears, you're sitting there like, great. <laughs> like, all they have to worry about is Ayuk and Debo and the running game. And essentially, that middle of the field is not going to be there anymore. Because the one thing about Lance was that he can hit the deep ball and that opens up the middle of the field, right? Well, Not to say Debo and Ayuk can't work over the middle or a tight end can't supplement George Kittle, but not having one of the best over-the-middle weapons in the NFL, it changes things. It might make Lance a little more hesitant to throw over the middle. Because, and I'll be honest here, I talked about it on this very podcast, you need to make Trey Lance comfortable. If he's not comfortable... I mean, good luck. Young quarterback, first game out there as a starter. The offensive line's already a question mark. And I think if Kittle can't play, I think he will. But if he can't play, if that groin is not ready to go come Sunday morning, we may see a very Jimmy Garoppolo-esque play 
or, or scheme, game plan drawn up for Trey Lance of run, 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 short third down pass, give me a first down, keep that drive moving. And then the question becomes, can Trey Lance do that? And so if Kittle can't play, do I think it in, do I think it changes the game plan entirely? No, but I do think it does limit what you can do offensively, which isn't isn't what you want if you're Trey Lance, or at least if it's not what you want for Trey Lance. The other thing was how can San Francisco stop Justin Fields, right? No Jimmy Wards out there. Justin Fields had a rocky, a rocky, rocky first year as a starting quarterback, has a new head coach, a new regime's in there. And so he's kind of starting anew, right? Starting fresh. And he has to prove himself to that new regime. We have Darnell Mooney for the Bears kind of putting his foot in his mouth saying that this is a Justin Fields revenge game and Fields has to say, it's not a big deal to me. I'm I'm happy San Francisco passed on me. I don't think he actually is, but he has to say that. But this to me is a game where it's a young Bears team, a young Bears team who's out there for blood. They want to prove themselves. They're hungry. They think they can make some noise. And what's the best way to make some noise? Punch one of the big guys in the mouth, right? You know, Whenever you watch one of those 2000s party movies, it's like, how do I prove I'm tough? Do I take on the, the the nerdy kid that has the glasses and is like, hey, everybody, I know math. Or do you go out there and pick on the big bully who's like, I'm going to kick your butt, brother. You're going to pick on that guy because you want to prove and, re- and, and establish your dominance. That's what it's like for the Bears. The Niners ain't some nerd going, my, my glasses. They're out there saying, we're going to be near everybody's breath, brother. Yeah. Like, they're out there screaming and yelling and everything. They are Hulk Hogan of, of the NFL, minus the racism. <laughs> so, it's like, the Bears want to punch San Francisco in the mouth. They want to make a statement come week one. The question is, can Justin Fields actually do that? Can San Francisco actually stop Justin Fields? And the answer is yes. I mean... I like Justin Fields. He had an amazing run last year against San Francisco. The Bears were beating us last year, and it was like, is the season over? (laughs) Are we just not that good? But to Fields' credit, he showed some signs, but the issue in the main issue, to me, really isn't even can they stop Justin Fields. It's more so of can the Bears' offensive line even hold up to allow Fields to do some damage, right? And so the Bears offensive line is young and wildly unproven. Like Tevin Jenkins is 24 years old. He's playing right guard, was playing right tackle last year. He was in trade talks or there was rumors to trade him because he wasn't meshing with the new regime very well. Uh, Larry Barom is only 23. Uh, Alex Leatherwood's a backup right tackle. He was a failed first round pick from the Bears. They got a bunch of young guys, and, and the biggest one of all is their left tackle you know, playing on Fields' blind side. Braxton Jones, a fifth-round pick this year. I mean, hey, hey, kid, you got to play against Nick Bosa. Good luck. Like, good freaking luck. 
You're going to play against a guy who's getting picked to be an MVP, defensive player of the year candidate early in the year? I mean, Bosa's saying, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm benching more. I'm squatting more. I mean, I saw him in person and I said, is that the, is that Lou Frigno? Is, is that the Incredible Hulk? Like, oh my God, he's huge. And so for your young kid like Braxton Jones, I mean, hey man, break a leg. <laughs> like, break a leg, good luck. But that being said, the media in Chicago is asking Justin Fields, like, hey, like, how do you feel about Jones playing left tackle for you? And it's no indictment on Jones. He's young. And he has surprised them. He he won the left tackle job. But that being said, and Nick Bosa, and when they asked him about it, Justin Fields said, I hope none of y'all ex- are expecting him to win every single rep. It's like, because he's not. There's no way that Braxton Jones can hold Nick Bosa back every single rep. And if that's the case, Nick Bosa's more refined, a better athlete, a better player. I mean, it's like it's like the NBA playing against the G League. It's just there's no chance. There's no chance. Now I'm not saying Nick Bosa is going to have seven sacks and whatever. I'm just saying Justin Fields, just like last year, a lot of the time, the majority of the time is going to be under duress, under pressure, and this game may not come down to can Justin Fields create havoc for San Francisco's defense. It's going to be. When is Justin Fields not under pressure in his own pocket? Because his offensive line is so bad. The Niners' defense outside of Ward is completely healthy. I guess Hurst as well, but you get my point. Devon Kinlaw's back. He'll be hungry. Just like the Bears want to make a statement. San Francisco is saying, We've had this bitter taste in our mouth for over seven months. We watched our division rival go to the Super Bowl and win after we had that victory in our grasp to get there. They would have beaten the Bengals. And they're saying we've been waiting, gnawing at the bit to get to this point, to go out, restart this journey, and win a championship. That starts, that journey starts week one. And they're saying we had the Bears? Thank you. We're going to chew you up and we're going to spit you out because you have no business being on the field with us. And to give you a little more of a, a tidbit to help my point here, Nick Bosa. Last year, Nick Bosa rushed from the right side 41% of the time and the left side 59% per PFF. He was the only edge rusher to have six sacks from both sides. He's playing against fifth-round picks. I mean, my goodness. My goodness. There's there's not much more I can say. That Nick Bosa, Ebukam, Kinlaw, Armstead, Drake Jackson, this is a game, while it could be close early, both teams are feeling each other out, thinking, how's this game going to go? How's this game going to go? You know, like, How are you going to play? How are you scheming me? But come the third quarter... Second half adjustments, it's it's game on. Good luck, young men. You have Goliaths on that opposing defense for you in San Francisco. Good luck. But what's the big question, right? The biggest question among this has been, 
one, Trey Lance, who we'll get to. Don't worry, we have to talk about Trey Lance and how he's going to play, whatever. But San Francisco's defense, can they stop guys like Darnell Mooney? Can they stop guys like Cole Komet, David Montgomery? And, look, this Bears offense is not dynamic. They're trying to be. Velas Jones, their draft pick, was kind of the, he can be someone like Debo Samuel. Darnell Moody, him and Fields have great chemistry. That could be something to watch out for, especially if a young guy like Samuel Womack's playing nickel, which he will start on Sunday against the Bears. They, they could target him to death. And even then, we have no idea who's playing free safety. I would assume it's it's George Odom and Hufanga will play you know, the safety positions, but we don't know. I would assume so. But that being said, maybe it's Dante Johnson. Maybe it's Tayshawn Gibson Jr. Or Sr., excuse me. We don't know. And so... How can they stop these guys? Well, one, it helps having Fred Warner, Al Shire, and Greenlaw over the middle. You think tight ends are going to eat against San Francisco? You think twice. It's not going to happen. And you have one of the best press coverage cornerbacks in Charvarius Ward, Mooney Ward. And you have Mosley coming off the best year of his career. I mean, to me, this game is going to be close early again. Teams are kind of feeling each other out, going, how are you going to play? How are you going to scheme? Again, third quarter, that defense clicks, comes to life, and says, we know your game plan. It's game over. Like, game over, man. Game over. Bill Paxton, aliens. Like, it's game over. (laughs) And so, I just think San Francisco is going to dominate this game. It may not look like that early, but come the final score, I'm thinking 29-17, where maybe it's 14-10 Chicago going into halftime, or it's 14-10 San Francisco going into halftime. Something clicks, and it just explodes. It just combusts, and it's like, this is the Niners we thought we were going to see. Here we go. It's game on. Then it's game over. But, like all things, it has to come to an end. And that end is usually predicated by Trey Lance's talk. So let's talk about Trey Lance. And look, Albert Breer had a column earlier during the holiday, Happy Labor Day, folks, that said Trey Lance was upset Jimmy Garoppolo was back. Then he walked it back and said, no, it's it's not the case. But then Albert, being the the gem he is, had one of the best tidbits I've ever seen in regards to how Kyle Shanahan may unleash, unlock Trey Lance. How he hasn't shown too much, and I talked about this on 95.7 The Game, that maybe Kyle Shanahan is hiding Trey Lance. That's why he didn't play against Minnesota. That's why somewhat of the game plans have been you know, rather, you know, cut and dry, vanilla. And I think Albert Breer, while I didn't have the stats to back this up, he proved my point entirely. So here is Albert Breer and his point about Trey Lance and how Kyle Shanahan has had a history of not exposing his quarterbacks in the preseason and in week one, just letting them run wild. So to be quick here, 
Breer said in the spring and summer of 2012, when Shanahan was in Washington as a coordinator, the team had committed to RG3 as the starter. Shanahan knew that RG3 was not ready to run the offense in its entirety. So in the preseason, in three games, Griffin was 20 for 31 for 193 yards, two touchdowns, and 22 yards on the ground on five carries. That caught headlines. People were saying, is RG3 the right quarterback? Should it be Kirk Cousins? Like, why isn't he flashing? He hasn't shown enough. Does that sound familiar? It, it does to me. Then in week one, Shanahan says, hey, RG3, let's go get this bad boy. He unlocks him. 19 for 32, 320 yards and two touchdowns and 42 yards on the ground. Washington scored 40 points and beat the Saints in the Superdome. Now, I'm not saying that Kyle Shanahan is, you know, or the Niners are going to put up 40 points against the Bears, but I do think Kyle Shanahan has been kind of hiding Trey Lance behind closed doors, using smoke and mirrors of, this is what you think he is, limited, right? And I do think those things do exist. But the play calling, the scheme, the game plans have all been vanilla. And I think come week one, it'll be, hey, you thought wrong. Boom. And I do think that against the Bears, I think we're going to see Trey Lance have a good game. Get that confidence rolling. Now, it may be sloppy to start early. He'll probably be excited, amped up, saying, this is my first start. Have to go out there and prove to the whole world I'm the guy. Which he doesn't, but I get why he might feel that way. And all it's going to take is to hit Debo Samuel early, let him get some yak, get in the get in the end zone early. What was the one thing Kyle Juszczyk said about Trey Lance of when he said, when I bought in Trey Lance, it was this moment. Texans game last year, Niners scored their first touchdown. Lance struggled early, but they finally get in the end zone. And Lance said, I'm good now. I just needed to get me one of those. Well, Trey Lance seems like that guy who as soon as you get him in the end zone, it clicks. The confidence kicks in. He goes, okay, we got this. It's just like in baseball, right? For a pitcher. A lot of the things is you want to make sure your curveball works that day, right? You want to make sure your junk, your off-speed stuff works. You can't throw fastballs 100% of the time. So, as soon as you can snap that curve in the zone, you go, okay, now you're never gonna hit you're never gonna hit me. Right? If my slider's working, it, it's game over. Right? The same thing with football. If I can get in the end zone, if I can prove to you and myself that I can score touchdowns, I mean, we're never gonna stop. And that's the same thing with Trey Lance. So while I'm not going to say 300 yards, 400 yards, and four touchdowns, I will say I do think Trey Lance has a nice game. I think Kyle Shanahan eases him into it, but I do think we're going to see some explosive plays. Brandon IU coming out, supposed to be a big year for him. A lot of guys on this team are in pivotal years or have a lot to prove. Debo Samuel, can you do it again? 
Offensive line, can you hold up? The Bears' defensive line is not good. It's Robert Quinn, no more Khalil Mack. Akeem Hicks is in Tampa Bay now. Roquan Smith is there, but he's a linebacker, so there's, there's really not much there that I'm too worried about. This is the perfect game to start the year for San Francisco. All of their strengths are essentially, or excuse me, all of their weaknesses are what our strengths are on defense. And all of their strengths on defense, we can offset with all of the weapons we have. Like, Kyle Shanahan's going to run the ball 40 times. But it's not because he has to, it's because we're going to have the ball the majority of the time. Because our defense is too good, the offense is too good. This Niners team should go into Soldier Field, Jimmy Garoppolo's hometown, and let Trey Lance run wild and the defense dominate. So as we end today's podcast and celebrate week one of the NFL season, San Francisco gets the win. Trey Lance has a strong first game, makes a statement, doesn't go crazy, but makes a statement. Shanahan kind of says, here's what I've been cooking up behind the scenes for this young guy. And that running game says, hey, don't forget about us either. Jeff Wilson Jr., Ty Davis Price, Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell, and I do think the first touchdown of the season goes to, drumroll, Jawan Jennings. I think it's never who you think. I think it'll be Jawan Jennings. Wow. Week one, San Francisco. The prediction, Niners win 29-17. Niners get their first win of the season in Chicago. And they celebrate week one in style, 10 o'clock in the morning, on Fox. Man, we're so close. That being said, follow us on social media. Will George Kittle play? To know that, follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. You are not going to want to miss a thing. You Again, use promo code 49ersaccess, 49ERSACCES, to save $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. And this has been the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett. And until next time, until next time, stay faithful.